following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. Life Matters. I'm your host, Brendan O'Connell. Well, today we have a very special guest who was a protege of one of our original hosts, a hostess, I should say, Dr. Mildred Faye Jefferson. And Mildred took this person under her wing, and then uh, she took flight, uh, our guest, and has become a, a powerhouse in the pro-life movement. Uh, her name is Day Gardner, and she's out of Delaware. And she's the former Miss Delaware in 1976, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. anyways, we have her here today because she has an organization. Now, she's been very involved in the pro-life movement for the last 30 or 40 years. And um, uh, she has a group called the National Black Pro-Life Union. I, I encourage you to check out that website also. Well, welcome, Day Gardner. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Brendan. They, how is it that you got involved with the pro-life movement originally? Well, actually, it was about, I guess, about 22 years ago. And um, it is, I am, am post-abortive. And it's one of those things that um, I, like many blacks uh, who have had abortions, it was a big secret. We didn't talk about it. Uh, we knew people who probably had them or may have had them, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't share at all. Uh, it wasn't talked about in our churches or anywhere in our families. So it was, it was a secret. I just kind of kept it to myself. And I know many other people who had had abortions, but it was hush, hush. You don't talk about it. You don't mention it. You don't, you know, and it was a big secret. So when I um, moved from New Jersey, because I'm originally from New Jersey, I'm a Jersey girl at heart, uh, mm -hmm. I moved to Maryland. And um, it was very in interesting that um, I decided to run for public office. And in running for public office, I'm a, I'm a conservative, um, and I took a stance uh, for life because I knew uh, immediately after I had an abortion that it was the wrong thing for me, and it's wrong for thing for all women. But of course, it was too late. It was right after Roe v. Wade was um, pronounced the law of the land, mm -hmm. and you know we didn't know very much about it. I heard it was just a ball of tissue, uh, you know, just a blob of tissue or whatever. That there was, it wasn't a baby yet. Um, all of those those things that so many women heard, and I'm not going to make excuses for it because it was really it was wrong, and I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it, and I just went ahead and had that done. But the thing is, when I ran for public office, I took a stance to be pro-life, and I ran as a conservative in Maryland of all places, which is a very blue state. <laughs> but I thought, you know what, Lord, because I'm a born again Christian, I thought, well, you know what, I. I have no idea what you have planned for me, and maybe it's not for me to win, but this is at least a place where I can, I can, I can stand and raise my voice uh, in support of life for those babies who are, 
lost to the brutality of abortion. So I ran for office, and of course I lost. But I was able to talk, um, and you know, every time I was on a, a, a program, a radio program, television program, I could very openly stand uh, talk about the abortion issue. And back then, in 2002, um, even then, they were saying, well, we don't want to talk about that issue. And I thought, I'm going to bring it up as much as I can, as much as they'll allow me. Had, had and, you run as a Republican mm-hmm. or a Democrat in Maryland? I'm, I'm a conservative, so I, was, I always run, I ran as a Republican. Okay, all right. Even though uh, my mom and dad were uh, Democrats, I ran as a Republican cause, because um, I think that the thing that a lot of blacks don't realize is that if you really think about the things that we we uh, stand for, the things that we, we love, um, it, we really are more conservative than most think. And I think that a lot of black people vote Democrats because um, they, they just always have. I mean, they always have. I'm sorry. It's like they're um, your parents voted Democrats, so they're voting Democrats. Their grandparents vote. It's just like, and it's not because you you believe in anything that they are saying. It's just that you think that you should because that's what everybody else did. And um, I, because of the my pro life stance, I decided that I was going to vote um, and run as a Republican. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I lost, but. In doing so, and this was the great thing, though, Brendan, is that um, I wanted to find out, get as much information on the on abortion as possible. All I knew was my personal story. I didn't know very much else about it. So I decided to call, contact National National uh, Right to Life in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. and I um, got a person, Ernie Olhoff, who which uh, who worked at uh, Oh yeah at the yeah, he worked there at the time. Right. And um, he basically gave me a lot of information. Uh, I met with him, and he told me about a lot of things. And he said, you have to meet Mildred Jefferson. And I thought, who is that? I never. And sure enough, we had, um, Mildred had come into town. And I, at first I talked to her on the phone, and she told me she was going to be coming into town fairly soon. And uh, when she came into town, and we met. And um, she had, she was just a wealth of information and I was immediately just drawn to the fact that she was, not only was she brilliant, she was very unassuming about it. She, she didn't have an air of, I know more than you. And she, she, she didn't have, she didn't, I didn't feel like it was, she was talking down to me at all. Mm. There's this brilliant woman who graduated Harvard Medical uh, College and talking mm. to me. And she was just the most wonderful, nurturing, um, honest woman, I think, uh, you know, that I've ever met beside my mother. (laughs) Uh But um, she was just really sweet. And she just really filled me in on the ins and outs of the pro-life movement and what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she was just wonderful. She mentored me. I see. And um, I've been doing this ever since. Whoever, who thought I'd be doing this 20 some years later? (laughs) Right. I I had moved back from the West Coast. Uh, I was out there for 17 years. And um, I saw a letter from some Republican running for state senator here, and I wrote him a letter saying, you know, most Republicans nowadays are pro-life. And uh, the next thing I know, I had someone, I had Dr. Jefferson calling me saying, let's have lunch in Cambridge. And uh, I see God's hand in my life. It was an absolute, it was raining do- cats and dogs, 
and trying to find a parking spot beside the SNS deli was, you know, virtually mm -hmm. impossible. But one opened up right, <laughs> right there for me, and that's uh, when I met her. And I knew she. Uh, we had quite a conversation. Um, she, um, wow. her timing, uh, you know, she the first. Uh, uh, she would say Negro to graduate from uh, Harvard Medical School. And she'd chastise me if I'd say if I said the word black. Yes. <laughs> and um, but uh, she, at the time that she uh, she had been assigned to Boston City Hospital, which is now BU Medical Center, mm -hmm. and and that was right around the time of 1973. And because she was in pediatric surgery, she knew that she would have to do abortions in the city. And I think that uh, I think she. You know, said I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm pro-life. You know, her father was a, a peripatetic uh, uh, Baptist minister, I believe, uh, in East Texas. And um, anyway, so she hosted this show for the first uh, six or seven years, um, and then she got her own show, and then she passed away very suddenly, which was unfortunate. Well, now mm -hmm. your your organization, uh, I noticed uh, you've. You have commentary on a lot of different uh, topics. Uh, what uh, what things have you had success with, and what things have you not had success with? Would you say over your the span of um, well, you know twenty five? Well, I run for office, and that didn't seem to work. Right. <laughs> but like I said, it was really to get the um, information out about the abortion issue, and that was why. And I am very, um, you know, I, I think it's. I'm very good friends with um, Alveda King, Dr. Alveda King, mm -hmm. who I'm sure you know. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's, we, as she had said many times, it's really about winning souls to the kingdom. And we are, you know, born-again Christians and, and really want people to know who Jesus is and know the love of Christ so that they come to know him and serve him as their personal savior. And um, so the things we talk about, um, the issue of the life issue, of course, we think about the beautiful babies that are destroyed horribly and brutally uh, destroyed uh, in abortion. We think about the women who are left behind, the women who are always mothers. You know, it's like so many, um, I've heard girls, and because I've spoken all over the country, and you have uh, someone say, come up to you and say, well, I didn't, you didn't want to have a baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom. And say, well, you already are a mom. Mm -hmm. You had an abortion, but you're already a mother, which mm -hmm. is the mother of a dead baby now. And right. so, and that's the thing, getting that out and also making sure that those women and girls understand that it's something so horrible as abortion is not the unforgivable sin. God can forgive even that horror. And, you know, he's, he's forgiven me and Apostle Paul and a whole bunch of other people. So, <laughs> right. you know, if he can forgive me, he can forgive anybody. Yeah, but it's the horrible sin of abortion is, is, does not have to follow you your entire life. And there's so many women and girls who, um, years later, I mean, their whole lives have been destroyed by the abortion issue because they have not been able to come to terms with the fact that they allowed their children or the baby to be killed. And there are a lot of women who've had more than, than one child. So, so yes, it's about, it's about the life of the baby, hoping that all babies, all human beings, deserve life, are deserving of life, mm -hmm. and making sure that the women who have made that terrible decision uh, can find um, the help that they need emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Uh, so we're, we're all about that. 
Um, and also the fathers. There are a lot of fathers who have lost their children. And I saw a, a video that was really kind of very telling because someone was this was a street pe- preacher, and I can't remember his name, but he was talking about, you know, uh, how wrong abortion was so horrible and so wrong. And, you know, and that, you know, for any man or boy or young man who have, has lost a child to abortion and had no control over that life, over their own child, they had no control. It was all put on the woman. And then some woman came out and she said, that's right, because it's a woman's body. It's her choice, her body, her choice. He said, then why is it that men, if a woman decides to have a baby, are they paying responsible for child support? And you have to think about it. You can't have it both ways, you know? Right. The truth of the matter is that all life is precious. And Alveda and, and myself and many pro-lifers along the way uh, of every single world of the human race, like Alveda said, so all of it, no matter what color our skin is, we mm-hmm. all work to, um, to stay, uh, to, to save the lives of children, to help women and young men and and older people as well who have lost their children to abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're uh, working those things. And then the other things you have to think in terms of you have to try to get um, people to understand that it's important to make sure that we have people in Congress, in, um, in our local and state governments, our school boards, and all those areas to make sure that they, we have people in place that will um, have some type of moral backbone. backbone. And mm-hmm. so those things are all very important. Mm-hmm. Do you find in the black community, and, and, uh, and this is, you touched on it before, that a, a lot of women are told to be just silent about their abortion, don't talk about it. But doesn't that fester emotional and psychological problems? Oh, definitely. But you know what I, I see now what they're doing is they're saying, and if you watch any news program, it's like they're, now they're not, they're almost coming out saying that they are, proud of it. You know, my body, my choice, that whole thing. And it's really sad because you kind of think, you look back and say, there are two, there are actually two bodies we're talking about. We're talking about your body, and we're talking about that little body inside of your body. And that's the body you have no choice about. (laughs) You do what you want with your body, but the body inside of you, you don't have a choice about. Right. You know, and that's, that's trying to get, bring people to that understanding. And so you find that a lot of Women also who uh, seem to be supporting abortion or standing up saying it's the right thing to do, um, many of them, have. if you made that choice to kill your child or to allow your child to be killed, that's a hard thing to live with. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to condemn yourself and say, I did something so horrible, like I did, or like a lot of women like me have done, or you have to, you have to come out and say, well, okay, it wasn't wrong. It was okay for me. So, and in other words, you have to make excuses for why it was okay for you to have that abortion. We, I hear, um, you know, and I hear a lot of things as I travel around, and we've all heard them. We've seen one of the things that, you know, say, well, what about in rape and incest? You know, how could you think in, in rape or incest? Why would you say that, think that, you know, a child, a person should have to have that child? And I just said, well, you just answered your, your own question. It's a child. It's a human being. Mm-hmm. And every life is, every single child is deserving of life. Every single baby is deserving of a chance at life. Now, the things I'm not saying it would be easy and it should be 
I know that it would be traumatic. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Rape and incest, horrible, horrible right. crimes committed against a woman or a young girl, or sometimes a very young girl. But at the same time, at, it, at no point can you say, I choose this life over that life, because they're both lives. Right. So I found, have too. To find I've, a way to save them both. I've interviewed uh, Save the One and Save One. <laughs> And I've read a lot about it. And yeah, the woman, the girl that's been raped or incest, um, first of all, it was, it was forced on her. And uh, now, you know, most people say, well, you just get an abortion if you have rape. But in reality, you're asking the, the, uh, the person that might be carrying a child, you're asking her to make a decision that could be in, um, that would give her guilt down the line because it, now it was her decision to have the abortion. So it's exactly. a, it's it's a really yeah. a tough thing. But um, I, I know that uh, some U.S. Senate senator had brought it up. I think from Missouri and or Indiana and and the other side pounced on him. Uh, but the, uh, studies have been done. I think by David Reardon. Um, that show that uh, most women that are raped or have incest, they end up bringing the child to term. And now in all 50 states, we have baby safe haven laws. So you can just, you can give the baby up at a fire station or wherever your state has baby safe havens uh, so that you yes. don't even need to have an abortion, so. Exactly, and keep in mind also, the thing that has always been very, uh, really stuck in my mind is the fact that those women who, um, there are a lot of times the, the person who is the abuser, whether it's a family member or, you know, with, if you if you think in terms of incest or whatever, mm -hmm. um, if you think in terms of rape, a lot of those people will coerce a young woman or a young girl to go ahead and have an abortion. They'll pay for it, they'll coerce, and, you know, it's a, it's a secret or, they, they you know, and they make the woman or the girl feel that, you know, there's nowhere else to turn mm -hmm. and they will pay for it and everything because they want to get, go off scot-free. And all I can think about is when you think in terms of an abortion, anyone who is involved in a, in a rape or, or incest, that per, if, they, if it ever goes to court, if it goes to court, uh, the, the rapist, the, the person involved, the incest family member, um, can be put in jail, you know, but five, 10, 15 years. Yet the baby gets a death penalty. So the person who is a perpetrator, who is the evil perpetrator, gets a couple years of slap on the wrist, you know, in, in a jail somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, and the baby gets the death penalty, who is innocent of right. all crime. So therefore, it just is not fair. Innocent. And I think we have to start looking at things very differently. And and like I said, that's one of the things. There's so many um, instances, so many areas in the life issue that we really have to uh, try to make clear. And it's very difficult because we have uh, media, we have the other side. It's almost like the crowd that called for uh, Barabbas instead of Jesus. Uh, they're loud and outlandish and you know noisy and boisterous and all those things. And sometimes the the the, the voice for Jesus wasn't quite as loud or not as unruly. And, um, of course, we know the story of Chris Barabbas was freed over, Je over Jesus Christ. And I think it's somewhat the same thing. We, we have the media and everybody's pushing this other narrative, 
and uh, and we're not always hearing the stories about the broken women, about the broken girls, about the broken families, uh, and what that's done to women and girls long, uh, you know, over a long period of time. Uh, young girls who have had abortions or even incestual relationships, like 20 years later, are it, are still suffering from that relationship. They had an abortion. They made the decision as a young girl to have an abortion, and many times cannot have other children, have gone through, uh, have perforated uteruses. We've had a lot of young women who have passed away, who have, who just did not make it through the abortion, had different um, different medical problems uh, mm-hmm. come up. So there are so many so many things that um, hopefully, um, as 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 a people especially, because abortion is wrong for all people, not just black people, for all people. And like you, we're pro-life. Um, right. But at the same time, I'm really hoping that we get to a, a place where we say, you know, if, if that all life is precious, and if you cannot, if you do not feel that you can support a child, there's a, adoption is an option. As you said, as you said before, the safe haven laws are there for you. You know, there are all types of things out there uh, right. that can help you to live your life and your child to live the life, your life as well, right. to live its life as well. So that's what, what we hope, that just getting uh, information up out there to change the minds and for um, everyone to see the, the uh, humanity of every single life and the importance that every life has value. Mm-hmm. Now, I, we have about four minutes left or so, and I wanted to ask you, you've... Uh, taken on some people uh, that it's because of your position uh, being Miss Delaware and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, there was a uh, Kira Kazanta who worked for Planned Parenthood, and I think she was a Miss America, and you spoke up against that. How did that go? Well, the, the thing is, I'm not, I don't really remember the young woman's name, but all I can say is that, again, is that, um, you know, I am very staunchly pro-life, and I have no idea what that, what her story was all about, and how I don't remember her. And that, that tells you a whole lot. That must have been several years ago, maybe? Yes, it was. Yeah, quite yeah. A, it was actually quite. Yeah. What about yeah. act, actress Tara Smith? She was supporting Planned Parenthood. Do you know Yeah, I just, come, I just come right out and just tell the truth. I don't, you know, it doesn't really bother me. Um, I feel as long as I, I am in the right, I know what, uh, Christ says about uh, the about life and about every single uh, person having the right to life, uh, deserving life. Then we all have to stand up and speak out. And we, and especially if you're a Christian, a lot of Christians are saying they'll say, "Well, I believe it." And I, you know, we have to, you know, kind of try to very um, maybe quietly, very easy. And I feel like, you know, we have to be bold. We have to boldly say it's wrong and talk about the the grace and the goodness of of God in Christ and what his plan is for all people and all children. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I, I saw on your website, you confronted uh, uh, Cecile Richards. She was on ABC in a news interview. Um, and of course, she was the past president of uh, Planned Parenthood. What did you have to say to her then, do you recall? Well, it's, 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 it's always the same thing. You know, you come right out and you, and you hear there's why they think it's important. You know, like I said, my body, my choice, uh, the rape and incest thing. They have all of this, these, these lines that they're all, they all say, they're all singing the same tune. 
Right. And, and, and yet they're all very much out of tune. <laughs> they're, they're all saying the same exactly thing, same exact thing, rather. And um, it's very easy to come right back sometimes with the, just the most clear, basic information, and usually they don't have an answer for it. Right, right. And okay. right now, you're, we're talking about abortion right up through the moment of birth. That's what a lot of people want now. Even, uh, you know, it used to be, you know, you have some states that have a ban on it after 20 weeks or whatever. Before, you know, if it's a, after a certain number of weeks, you cannot have an abortion. Mm. And there are states fighting to have an abortion through all nine months. Right. It's so tough. it's really gotten crazy. We just have to stay in prayer. And we have to stay bold and get the information out and make sure we elect people who think like we do. Right. I know in... Um Kansas, which was a stunner, and uh, Michigan, and now Ohio, uh, yeah. we, we were outspent tremendously by the other side, and it was a lot of out-of-state money that uh, made the difference. So, Well, Dave Gardner, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it to get your insights, and uh, hopefully I'll be running across you uh, down in D.C. at some point, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other again, Brendan. Yeah. I thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Well, folks, we hope you found today's show to be unique, informative, content-rich, truthful, and thought-provoking. Thanks for watching and listening. My name's Brendan O'Connell, your friend for life. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.